All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Back Row Redskins Show here live on the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, be sure to comment. I got some awesome guys with me, and this show right here is going to be fire. Coming to the stage, I got my guy Josh Taylor. He has oh, Capital Network. He has the Burgundy um I just forget the Burgundy Network podcast. Man, I just had a blank. Man, this is the guy, honestly, that put me into podcasting. Man, uh, he came on my very first episode with Talking Sports with Manny, and we had a bro, good I remember time. that. Glad to have you on the show, bro. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Like you said, it's been like a year since you and me actually chopped it up. It's been a year. It's been it was draft. We did that draft episode. Yep. I remember, man. It's been a minute. Next guy I have coming to the stage is my guy, Ryan Trotter from the Weekly Audible, man. This guy is a diehard Washington football fan. Uh, this is my guy right here, man. And then I got my guy, Wiz Kid. Uh, Wiz, I almost said Wiz Kids. <laughs> Wiz Skins coming to the show, man. This guy right here is a passionate Washington fan, Washington Wizards fan, Washington football team fan, Redskins fan. Uh, glad to have you on the show, brother. Hey, hey glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Last but not least, you got the beast from the Middle East, Kevin Hicks. Uh, just got married not too long ago. Washington fan, all the way from DC, living in Nashville. So it's pretty awesome how we work. His wife works with us in our company. And when she met him, I said, Oh, he's a Redskins fan. I'm all in. That's your husband. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Kevin. Awesome, awesome. So, guys. Free agency is here, man. Free agency is here. We're going to talk about the latest signings. We're going to talk about the stuff that went down the past two days. We're going to talk about what's going to happen this season. But I just want to go ahead and kick this thing off with the hottest news of the day. The Washington football team have signed Curtis Samuel. I mean, that's my guy. We all wanted him. You know, we didn't want guys like Juju. We didn't want guys like nah, – we had a whole bunch of guys that we could have had, but we didn't want. So I'm going to go around the frames, starting off with Josh. And, Josh, I want you to just kind of tell us your reaction. Tell us how how you felt about signing Curtis Samuel. I mean, obviously ecstatic. This is the guy that we kind of knew, we kind of expected, not just because he was a Panther before, but it's all about scheme. You talk about like Juju, I've been saying it all along. He is not a good fit here. Curtis Samuel is exactly what you're looking for. And now you have an offense where you have Curtis Samuel, who plays a lot in the slot, but also ran the ball a lot with Carolina last year. He had like, what, 40, 41 rushes last year, which is right. a lot for a wide receiver. You know, you talk about our offenses, pre-stat pre motions, moving the ball around, spreading the field out. Then you have McKissick, who had second most catches by running back last year. Then you have Gibson, who's the ultimate weapon, who played primarily wide receiver at Memphis and then took over that running back role. So you have three guys who are going to be in and out of the backfield, possibly line up in the slot and just spread the offense out. It's going to be – it's terrible for defenses around the league because they're not going to know who's getting the ball and how they're going to get it. All right, man. I'm excited. So, Ryan, man, tell me your reaction of Curtis Samuel on the football team. Dude, I'm still speechless, man. This was probably, I mean, just for myself speaking, probably almost every Washington fan around the area. We knew this was happening probably since the start of week one happened. We knew this guy was coming in. He was going to be a free agent. He already knew Ron, already knew Scott Turner, knows the system already. And then to add on top of that, the dude was best friends and roommates with Terry McLaurin at Ohio State. Sign me up, dude. Like, I'm just yeah. excited to see now what he can actually do in this system that we have or we're going to be running. 
You got Ryan Fitzpatrick now, who I know we're going to touch on a little bit earlier, who just slings it. So obviously Terry's going to enjoy that. And then now we just get to totally see what Scott can do with these weapons. All he, all they talked about last year with, you know, bringing in Gibson. And, and I know for myself speaking, when we drafted him in the third round, I was like, Antonio Gibson, I, I, he, he wasn't even on my board for third round. And it, the first thing that they talked about was he's a weapon. He's going to be the weapon in our offense. So right off the state there, when they say that, you think, okay, so we're looking for speed. We're looking for weapons. We just picked up probably the biggest weapon on the market. So I'm excited. Absolutely. And coming to the show, coming to the stage, I got my guy Wale. I got my Nigerian brother, man. It's been a long time coming. We were supposed to have connected a long time ago. So we bring some Nigerian flavor to this show. This is my guy from the urban sports scene. Welcome to the show, my brother. Oh, thank you, man. I feel like I could talk about some jello rice and all that good jazz. You know what I mean? You already know, man. You already know. You already know, man. So right now, man, we talking Curtis Samuel, man. Give me your reaction when you heard the news. You know what? We get, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm getting all these Ohio State folks on the team. It's crazy. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a good fit if he's a slot wide receiver. I like and I like the price on the money. You bring a speed to the team. Another explosive player. Um, hopefully, you know you can use him. You got. You got uh, Samuels, you got Scary Terry, both individuals running about a 4-3, mm-hmm. um, Hopefully you can utilize um, Antonio Gibson in the past game too. That's another mm-hmm. guy who's, you know, four, ran like a 4-3 now while in Memphis. So you can use that, use him in the passing game. I think there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of weapons and explosive plays that can be had on the field. Because like, like my man said, you know, we heard all this about Scott Turner. He needed weapons. Now he has weapons. He has guys with speed, you know what I mean? Speed kills. So. Hopefully they can utilize that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has who who allows a wide receiver to make a, to make plays because he's all about playing street football. And um and ho- and then on the other side, I think they still need some a little bit of help on the other on the outside. Um, so alongside of Scary Terry, because to me again, Sam's is more of an explosive individual in the slot. You got to get a guy outside who can win on one on ones or whatnot. So hopefully not done. And if not, maybe some of the young guys can improve it. And take all take the take the reins um in, in camp and be that number two guy in terms of the outside. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, what was your reaction, man? Man, it was it was beautiful. I actually called that one. Uh early in the offseason, everyone was talking about Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay and so forth, and that we needed to get one of those super alpha dogs to be the number two opposite scary terry. And I thought all along with our cap situation, it looks like we have a lot, but there are some very specific holes that we needed to fill. So I think Josh nailed it perfectly from a scheme standpoint, uh, Wale as well. From a scheme standpoint, he gives us so much versatility and flexibility. He can play in the slot. He's played inside and outside in his career. He's run the ball out the backfield. You have that versatility with Gibson as well, who's also played the slot and in the backfield. You've got McKissick coming out the backfield, right? So you've got flexible positional options and that gives you flexibility and so wide receiver goes from a a place of weakness to where if we spend a a pick somewhere in the first three rounds doesn't even necessarily have to be a first rounder but a pick somewhere in those first three rounds all of a sudden you have a very very strong young group there with terry with samuels with fill in the blank we'll get to that a little bit later uh wide receiver there and then you've got Mm -hmm. others like Harmon and agg coming back cam sims it becomes actually a pretty impressive young group of talent absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely whiskins hey hey hey. yeah man um I, i couldn't believe it honestly I was kind of shocked. I know everyone wanted him. He was someone that, you know, the fans were 
really itching to get. Um, so when we landed him, it was a little bit unreal. You know, it's been a while since we've actually landed a guy <laughs> that we all really wanted and we just got him, you know, right. and uh, it feels good. It definitely makes you feel like there's a change and and things is going on in Redskins or uh, Washington Park. Absolutely. So, um, I'll say this as well. I think one of the key components was the price that we got them for. That's what I was yeah, really, I really excited about. That's like the story of like all of free agency so yeah, far. Like absolutely. Even with, that, with William Jackson too, like every contract we've signed so far has been like maybe it's like doing everything perfect right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're hitting home runs left and right. I mean, that that's clear wide receiver two money at this point. Yeah. Uh, and so you're not overpaying for what you're getting. Uh, you know, I heard rumors coming out of Detroit that Galladay turned down an 18 to 19 million dollar offer from Detroit. That's crazy. We're not going above that, right? You know, yeah. that, that's it. half the cap. So if you can, you know, spend half of that, get a quality receiver, and then that gives you more flexibility for, you know, linebacker and, and some of these other positions that we still need to fill. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I believe I believe that this this move right here is it's so big. It's so big. Mm -hmm. Like you guys have said you can move Curtis Samuels all around, right? Mm -hmm. The speed. He can play inside. He can play outside. I like him better in the slot, but it it's really doesn't there. matter with the kind of offense that we run anyways. We saw Terry McLaurin moved all around last year. So with the quarterback that we just brought in, which I'm about to get into right now, perfect segue, when we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic, I was excited because out of everybody that was available, although I would have wanted a guy like Minshew in a trade, we get to save our draft picks. <laughs> we get to find more gems like Holcomb's in the fifth and, you know, find uh, the Camp Carl's in the seventh. And every draft pick that we have has shown to be valuable. <clears throat> so we get to add, and then you bring in all these different deaf guys, and some of these guys might be starters at a, at a, at a, uh, at a cost-controlled you know, thing to me it was just awesome. So once we got the quarterback, then I'm like, you know what? We can go out here and get the weapons, and now we can kind of see why we did what we did at quarterback. What was your reaction, Josh, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know, I knew he was always a possibility. To me, it was, and I talked about this when we talked with Lake Lewis. Was you go from an offense where you have Alex Smith, where literally your job is to just not even just win the game, just don't lose the game. Right. Just be safe, make some plays when needed, but don't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. And that was my biggest thing against us getting Jameis Winston. Like, you're going against everything you've preached the last yes. year, year and a half on this offense. And Fitzpatrick obviously has that too. But, like you said, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has that ability to stretch the field, make the offense exciting. And the biggest thing is we haven't seen a majority of Scott Turner's offense, to be honest with you. Absolutely. If you really look at what he's done in Carolina, we're missing a tight end which is pretty big for his offense. And then we're missing those outside weapons, that slot receiver. Steven Sims, we've maxed him out, to be honest with you. It's, he's done. I think we can all agree on that. Trash. But, but, yeah, but Fitzpatrick gives you that option to open up the field, take mm -hmm. risks downfield, like we saw with Taylor Heineke in, you know, against Tampa right. Bay and then against Carolina. Showed a little bit of flash of that, and it's it, that's what we were saying like after the game. Like, wow, we haven't seen our offense look anything like that. That's what a lot of people really like about Taylor Heineke. But Ryan Fitzpatrick just brings that vet leadership and kind of opens the door to some other things. And I have a hot take that I think a lot of people disagree with of how we're not going to draft a quarterback because of that. But uh, I'll, I'll let y'all go. <laughs> hey, but you know what, though? I totally agree with not drafting a quarterback. I, I think we should go after our quarterback next year. 
I mean, it just yeah. makes sense. I agree. Because if you're not drafting one of the top four quarterbacks, it's kind of like, I know you like Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a guy that I feel like he needs weapons all around him. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. Mac Jones, you love your Mac Jones. Yes. I think he's a good quarterback, but I just don't know how he fits with this system. You know, the, the quarterback for the team doesn't have to be mobile. Yeah, but he's more of a Kyle Shanahan guy, to be honest with you, or New Orleans, mm-hmm. yeah, Drew Brees esque yeah. kind of guy. Exactly, so. exactly. But like, but like I said, but my thing is like you have Kyle Allen, who's been a fifth one. <clears> you got one <throat> game out of him. You have Taylor Heineke, who you just paid not good money, but actual backup money. Right. Why are you gonna draft a guy in the third, fourth, fifth, and send one of those guys to the practice squad? You're not gonna waste a fifth on a guy that's gonna sit in the practice squad with Allen. Taylor Heineke got this new deal, and you're going to send him to the practice squad. Like, to me, it just doesn't make sense. And I know yeah. people saying, well, like, now you draft a guy, and he's going to learn from Fitzpatrick. Allen and Heineke aren't that old. They're, I mean, I know they've been in the league for a few years now, but Ron and company are comfortable in those guys, and they have confidence yeah. in those guys. And maybe they're the guys that learn from Fitzpatrick and not a guy that we draft this year. So. I, love I think, it. honestly, yeah. that's the reason why they went with Fitzpatrick, because, you know, if we had gone one of those other routes with Mariota or with Sam yeah. Darnold or, God forbid, Mr. Trubisky, you know, there would be this pressure <laughs> to say, yeah. at the end of this year, are we going to extend this guy? Are we going to give him a big contract at the end of the year? So you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because you have a guy with draft pedigree that their their draft pedigree somewhat dictates that they need to get a bigger contract. I think with Fitzpatrick, it was clear that he's a transitional quarterback. He's someone that can give you the leadership, the moxie that you need to get through this year. You know, the biggest complaint that I had about our offense last year is it was painfully boring. Alex Smith, love him as a guy. Yep. Painfully Check boring. Down Alex. And Woo! I'll tell you this, uh, if anything – Fitzpatrick, whether good or bad, it's not going to be boring. It's okay. not going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and one thing I think that is uh, underrated about Fitz is just how good of a leader he is. That exactly. Fitz magic doesn't only doesn't only belong on the field. It's also in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's with the coaches, it's with the young guys, yeah. it's with the veterans. He's the type of quarterback that can really rally the troops. I mean, I'm ready to run through a wall for Fitzpatrick right now, and I don't even yeah, have that yeah. on. Yeah. So the I can beer, only imagine. He has that moxie. He has yeah. that swagger that you look for to want to follow. And to and to your point, you know, I, I stated this before. It's like you already know what kind of player Fitz is to to the, to, the, to his to his teammates. You already know because you got some egotistical dudes he played with, and they love him to death. Right. You had Chad Johnson, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Terrell Owens. All of these dudes love him, and they will throw a quarterback under the bus in a second, and all they do is say positive things about this dude. That's That, that lets you know already, regardless of what fans think or whatever, if a, especially a wide receiver. If a wide receiver is going to show you that much love and you're the quarterback, that means, one, you giving them their money. That means that you, they getting the ball and they're playing well with you. And secondly, they're going to talk to you. They're going to talk about you that highly – they love you as a player and as a teammate. That's to me told me enough. I need to know about Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's the confidence. It's not just unbuttoned shirt and sunglasses. Like, <laughs> exactly. This dude knows what he's doing. He's and he's confident in everything he does. Matter mm-hmm. of good. If he throws uh, interception, it's going to be a good one. I guess there's got to be one. There's. I was going to say. I guess there's got to be one devil's advocate to the group then, and I think that to me. So right. <laughs> three of you guys I know follow me on Twitter, and when this trip, when this signing first came out, to be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of it. Um it really felt to me like this was Case Keenum 2.0 over again, that we were kind of just reaching for a vet 
Um, I'm tired of like, and again, I've been a diehard Washington fan. I'm from Maryland. I'm, I'm literally grew up 20 minutes outside of DC. I'm Washington blood through and through. I'm tired of getting retread quarterbacks on my team and not growing with a quarterback. I'm sick and tired of it. We had to go like, ever since I was a fan, we, I had to go through Ramsey, Brunel, Jason Campbell, John Beck, uh, RG3, Kirk Cousins, you know, and the list continues, whatever. I'm just not a big fan of going this retread route, but I, to everyone's argument, I 1000% understand why, you know, I'm not reaching for a Trubisky. I'm not reaching for a Mariota. Again, I hated the fans that wanted Mariota because the dude had one good game with the Raiders. And then all of a sudden we should be trading for him. Like, Trust me, keep I'm in here mind, in Tennessee, he had a few bad years here. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Keep in mind, if this dude were to get traded or cut from Las Vegas, that would have been now his third team in like five years. Um, that should be saying something. But I'm I'm starting to come around to Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to sit here and say I, I love it. I don't think it's the sexy pick. However, I'm not going to sit here and say I hate it. Like, he's has the, the you know, the history and the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for, the resume to prove what he can do. He's a gunslinger, and that's something we want. I'm so, I'm tired of watching every pass be 10 yards or less when we yeah. had to see it from Dwayne Haskins or from Alex Smith. And yeah. keep in mind, to your point, Josh, I know you said now that Scott Turner can finally open up the playbook, that's because we'll finally have a quarterback that knows more than five plays. So that's also a good thing. Um, but, again, Wizkins, I'm on your back, too. If I'm, I'm ready to run for a while for Fitzpatrick. Rivera's my guy. So if he wants Fitzpatrick, that's my guy. And I'm ready to – whether he's going to be the gunslinging Ryan Fitzpatrick or he's going to be the four-interception a game Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't care. I'm going to be here for him. I feel you. Let, and, uh, let me uh, add something if I, if I can. Um, you know, as just a, a devil's advocacy to your devil's advocacy, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the concept of him being a retread that, you know, it's hard to argue that he's a retread. He's 38. You know, he's been on nine different teams. So, you know, clearly he is a retread. But I don't think that he is Case Keenum. Um, there's a moxie that he has displayed throughout his career. That is something that Case Keenum has really never done, even in his best year, um, which got him his most recent contract. It was good by his standards, but he wasn't single handedly winning games. He was no, 100 percent mm-hmm. agree with you. I think they're two different. I think they're two different quarterbacks. I was looking yeah. at it from the Case Keenum feel. I was looking at it from the Case Keenum point of view because when we signed Case Keenum, that was because we did not sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal. So we had to rush to get a veteran quarterback. So now I'm kind of feeling like, okay, Rivera doesn't know what the hell he wants to do with quarterback. So, oh, let's just go get Ryan Fitzpatrick. It'll be his ninth team. He knows what he's doing. Right. Well, here's what I would say. I mean, um, I recently watched an NFL films. You know, they do excellent work. Uh, I was looking at the NFL films breakdown of, do you guys remember that late season game last year between Miami and Oakland where yep. Josh Jacobs slid down at the one yard line mm-hmm. for some yep. reason, mm-hmm. which really ticked me off by the way, because I had him in my fantasy playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so annoyed with him. Anyway. Wasn't, um, wasn't that the game where Fitzpatrick got like grabbed by the face mask and threw it? That's like, exactly right. The very next, so they settle for the field goal. The very next drive, Less than a minute to go, starting from inside the 10-yard line, um, uh, Miami comes out there, and Fitzpatrick just throws this ball on a dime to the sideline. 
uh, I believe it's Ryan Hollins makes the catch, and he, I mean, literally has his face mask getting yanked the opposite way and literally put that pass perfectly where it was supposed to go. You added the face mask penalty to that, so in one play, they're in field goal range. That's a play that there's nobody on our roster that makes. There's no one on that roster that makes that pass, and what's really special about that is when you watch the breakdown of why he made that pass and the looks that he gave. Uh, Basically, there was an outside post coming from the right side. So he said he kept his eyes there because he wanted to pull the safety uh, there. He knows that, uh, I believe it was Rod Marinelli, he's a defensive coordinator, pardon me if I'm wrong there, but he said that he likes to run uh, a cover two shell uh, in these big situations. And he knew that. So he knew that he was going to have that uh, safety on the left side there. So he looked him over that way, and the other one was an out route to the sideline. So he held him there just enough to pull him that way, knowing that he was going to go there. And they show it in real time, and it's really fascinating. It gives you such an appreciation for the intelligence that he has and the detail um, <laughs> that he puts into understanding how to play the quarterback position and, and how to uh, manipulate defenses. It's probably one of the more fascinating um, videos I've seen in a while. It's, it's only about five minutes, but well worth a look if you want to get a real appreciation for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, most definitely. Like when I think of Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, people always say he's a gunslinger, which he is. People say he makes a lot of mistakes, right? But one thing I can appreciate about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that when he was in Buffalo and when he was with the Jets, that Jets team had Eric Decker and it also had Brandon Marshall. They went 10 and six. I don't think they made the playoffs because it was so tough in the AFC, but that team rallied rallied uh, with this guy. Eric Decker was a guy we thought he was done. Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to revive Decker's career in the later part of his career. Brandon Marshall, we thought Brandon Marshall was done. He was like on his, what, fifth, fourth or 15. You know, like Wale said, he's played with some – perennial pro bowlers, some Hall of Fame type guys. And everybody will say, you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick is that dude. I remember uh, a couple years ago when Deshaun Jackson was in Tampa Bay. I said this on the last podcast. The minute they made that change from Fitzpatrick to Winston, it was just not the same. You know, and that's kind of the reason why me and Joseph had conversations and he's asking me what receivers would I want on a team. You know, if we didn't get Curtis Samuel, I would have loved to have a, a T.Y. Hilton or a, a Will Fuller. Because then when you have that guy that can sprint down, and I mean, Terry can do it. We've seen it, you know, versus the Eagles. Terry can go deep, but people always say Terry's not a uh, – he doesn't go deep. And I'm like, the guy runs 4-3. He can go deep. No, he go deep. People no, he forget deep. to realize he ran a 4-3-5. <laughs> Yeah, he go deep. You just don't get hit. They don't hit. hit. Exactly. They don't hit him. He go deep. And he get open, too. He he open. They just don't hit him. (laughs) We didn't have a a quarterback that could accurately throw it over 20 yards. Oh, I agree. You really don't even have to go back two years to the Tampa Bay year. You can really just look at last year in Miami. Uh, They went 10 and 6. And that was a team that several times throughout the year, they called on um, Fitzpatrick yeah. in the middle of the game to bail yeah. Tua out, and they <laughs> yeah. won those games. Yeah. You know, so, Say it to Josh you know, a little louder. It's Josh. easy to argue that. <laughs> weapons, man. Yeah, it's easy to argue that if they, um, you know, stay oh. with Fitzpatrick the whole year and just let Tua learn the whole year, they may yeah. win 11 games instead of 10, and they may have been a playoff team last year. And, uh, you know, you can't really argue that, the Miami receiving core is more talented than Washington's yeah. at this point. It's I mean, terrible. They, had terrible they have terrible. nothing. 
It's not uh, all they have is a tight end. All they have is a, a Seki, and a, it's crazy. Seki like Devonte Parker. That's it. And Parker. And see the funny thing about Parker. So this is this is the thing. The funny thing about Parker. Until Fitzy really got there, Parker was like, eh. He didn't Parker do anything. Was, he didn't exactly. do anything. Did he nothing. Was, he was so inconsistent. That's, so exactly. Inconsistent. That's why I feel like I feel like Fitzy will make certain wide receivers on this team that look like they were weren't doing anything look a little better. Like you know the rookie AGG like AGG. I feel like he can be if he gets the opportunity, he'll throw him a pass where he can make a play. I actually feel like I feel bad for Josh Dotson. He got cut a little too early. If you had, if you had, if you had, uh, yeah, Chris Patrick, Paul Richardson too. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm serious. Quarterback like Fitzy, a quarterback like Fitzy, because oh, he got drafted too early. Really yeah, exactly. Kelvin Harmon, <laughs> Kelvin Harmon is going to be the guy to look out for, dude. He's going to be the yeah. biggest impact with Fitzpatrick on the field. I think so. I believe that. He, I believe that he definitely. If he gets, if he's healthy, if he's healthy enough, I think he'll get the opportunity. I think he'll have a good chance to put up numbers with Fitzy. I, I believe it. I think Nate Coleman have faith in Kelvin right. Harmon only because you know he 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 was a was, was he a four six guy before the injury. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He's a contested ball guy. Right? Like more he, was your, yeah. he was your. He was your move to tight end. kind of guy. He might be better off bulking up and going to tight end. I honestly think a lot of these receivers could end up being cut. About time the season comes. I think so too, to oh, a yeah. certain extent. It's possible. I think it's definitely possible that some of these receivers can get cut. I think Harmon. Steven Sims is one of them. Oh, he, I think I think that's a given. I think that's a given. Yeah. To be honest. That might happen at midnight. Yeah, tonight. Now I got a question for for Josh. I know Josh scouted Harmon tough. I remember when when we were doing our little drafting and we got into receivers. We really got to dig into these receivers last year, and I know Josh was telling me some good things about Harmon. Now. I've seen Harmon running routes right now, and it doesn't look good. You know, the he has like I mean, the knee braces there. He was already slower on the slower side. He is a contested catch guy, and those are guys that thrive with Fitzpatrick. Those guys that go for the 50-50 balls and those guys that go deep. He's gonna get you the ball. Talk to me about what Harmon will bring to this offense if he's healthy. Well, I don't think you move him to tight end. And people were saying that with AGG too. Like you're taking out too much. You're, yeah. you're taking too much of the skill set away moving him to tight end. And with Harmon, the big thing is body control, catch radius, his frame, his size, and just how physical he is. Like I said, he's not going to beat you off the line. But he doesn't need that separation off the line because he's going to beat you with the ball in the air. He's going to go up and get it somewhere that you can't get it. And the same can be said with AGG. He's just a little bit faster than Harmon. I'm not sure what his mm-hmm. 40 time was. I can't remember. Yeah. But he has better strides. He's a better route runner than Harmon. But to me, Harmon's just so physical. Yeah. I mean, what was that one game against the Packers when he had, like, the one-handed catch? I mean, he was, I, he's made some yeah. spectacular catches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just what he does. Like I said, the biggest thing is his frame, his catch radius. And like you said, Fitzpatrick, he's going to put it where only you can get it. And that's what Harmon's going to feed off of all day long. Yeah. And, guys, did you remember in the playoff game when we actually had a quarterback that can play in Taylor Heineke, okay? I've, I watched every game last year. Well, the games that I wanted to watch. And <laughs> when Taylor Heineke came in, he made guys like uh, Sims Jr. look good. Oh, yeah, I Cam mean, Sims. Well, Cam, Cam Sims. Sims yeah, Cam Sims too, but I'm talking about he still can't catch Same guy, possession, physical still guy, same exact guy. The thing Steven Sims in the end zone, bro. Like when you have a valid quarterback, you can make any receiver look good. Like the dime to Steven Sims, you were just talking oh, about yeah. in the end zone. Like when you actually like Dwayne Haskins would have threw that in the third row. Like yeah. if, if when you have a valid quarterback, that's the that's what happens. And something Nate Coleman's been saying, we have a group chat 
name a quarterback that has elevated his guys like we've talked about, like Fitzpatrick has ever he's went. Especially, like I said, with the Dolphins, they have nobody. I can't stress that enough. They have the worst receiving core possibly in the NFL. Like I said, they have Gusecki, and like that's it. Parker, he's he's done nothing. People have been calling him a bust since he's came into the league, and now he's right. somewhat relevant because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like so that true. is what you want, and that's what we saw right. from Heineke, and I think we see that even more with Fitzpatrick. Exactly. He's going to make guys like Terry look good. He's going to make guys like ADG. If ADG. I can make Terry look good. We talk. Hey, I know Terry. That, that's not hard. I mean, Terry make, yeah, Terry makes quarterbacks look good, good, man. Yeah, yeah, Terry yeah. make quarterbacks look good. No, he gets that open. Like, is, his route runners elite. What I'm saying <laughs> with Terry is people are actually going to get to know who he is. Yeah. Everybody even more. in the league knows that the guy is good. The top corners in the league say, yo, this boy right here could play. He, but he should average. Yeah. He should average 100, 100 yards, like, receiving with Easy. Fitzpatrick. Easy. Easy. Mm-hmm. He should. Ryan, Easy. what you were saying, like, how you're sick of, like, not getting franchise quarterback stuff like that. Dude, I'm I'm so with you. One yeah. thing we have to think about is how much did Haskins turning into a complete circus not work out for us? How much does that really set you back? You go all in and take a guy at 15. How many teams have just come right back next year, draft another guy in, like, the top 10 picks and just hold right. the fans out. No, I get it, dude. But yeah, I'm, looking like, at it. I'm looking at it from that standpoint is, yeah, we took a hit on Haskins at 15 and swung and miss. But let's take let's take a, a rewind real quick seven years ago. We traded four first-round picks for RG3 in 2012. Did the same thing. He had a great rookie year, probably the best year ever to be a Washington fan. And then, boom, injuries just killed him, and now he sucks. It's the same yeah. thing. How, how long did that set us back? And like, say we do that again this year, trade three first-round picks – doesn't work out again. We're right back to how Ron says mortgaging the future. Now yep. you're looking at – now you have the D-line needs to get paid. Terry needs to get paid. You have all these guys. You wasted that window of opportunity. Yes. When we just made the playoffs and Fitzpatrick can get us to the playoffs again, possibly win an actual game in playoffs. 100%, dude. I'm, I yeah. agree with you. That's And that's the thing that I want to take from that. Like even though I wasn't a fan of it personally, I can still look at the other side and say, all right, look, I got to look at it from a standpoint of – we got him on a one-year deal, and he was less than a $6 million cap hit to make us yeah, go man. out and sign people like Will Jackson and go out and sign people like Curtis Samuel. We're probably not even done yet. We could probably still go out and get some more depth pieces right now. Oh, yeah. And that's Trey Boston, Raekwon McMillan. And that's because we made a move. That's hey, literally because we made a move like this. Like, if we did not make this move and we went out and tried to go out and trade our capital away for Sam Darnold or Marcus Mariota, right. we wouldn't be able to do that. That's exactly right. I think that part of the appeal of Fitzpatrick isn't just what he is, it's what he isn't. And that is he's not someone who costs a lot of money and he's not someone who costs any draft capital. Um, I think with every other option that's on the table, it kind of puts you at risk for having to spend a whole lot of money this year or next year for someone who might not really be that good. I mean, do you really get excited if they had traded for Darnold or Mariota? or uh, Trubisky or anyone that was available this year. I think the, the um, uh, you know, in a vacuum, Fitzgerald's not, I mean, Fitzpatrick is not exciting in a vacuum, no. But given the options, I think that it was far wiser to do this than to um, not do it. And then you feel pressured uh, to, Personally, I like Mac Jones more than the rest of you guys, except for uh, not Josh. That's what I say. Except for Michael McCall. Thank you very much. More than the rest of them, not quite as much as Josh. But like, I wouldn't be brokenhearted if they took him. But um, I like I like him more than I like Haskins. So I've actually come around to Mac Jones, and I Josh and I talk about Alabama players all the time offline, but. 
I'm not a big Alabama fan already, but that doesn't mean I have to hate the players if they when they come to the NFL. Yeah. I was just not a big Mac Jones fan because when you watch Mac Jones in college, he looks like he's a great quarterback and he's going to give you all the skill set to be a great NFL quarterback. But then you look at who he's playing with in Alabama, and every single person on that offense is an NFL caliber it's, it's player. It's just too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard to rate. It's too hard to rate. Quarterback play elevates Waddle and Devontae. Oh no, because those dudes do it. Can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Because those dudes always do it. No, because the Alabama receivers always do it. They do it every year. The bench players and the bench players and NFL players already. No, you can't do that. All right, got a question. Got a question for everybody. We're gonna go around the frame. Josh, who's better, Tua or Mac Jones? It's an easy mm. question. They're they're so different, but I honestly I gotta say Mac Jones. I like his pocket presence. I like what Tua can do with his feet, which we haven't seen much of yet. But I, I just like what Mac Jones does. I think he has a stronger arm, which you know doesn't really say much because people say Mac Jones has a weak arm, but I don't think he does. Uh, but honestly, I, I think Mac Jones. If I had to pick between the two right now, I'd go Mac. Okay. The easiest uh, answer in the the easiest answer in the world. It's Mac Jones. I also just hate Tua, but I on my <laughs> so. Hear me out. So on our podcast and at the Weekly Audible, we spend a lot of time doing draft coverage and we do a lot of things analyzing draft picks. When we did a segment on who our draft crushers were and who we thought the biggest boss was going to be, I literally said to him. It wasn't because of my personal bias. I just personally thought he was not going to come back from this injury. And I just was not a fan of him coming out of Alabama. And I literally told both my co-hosts, I was like, look, he's going to go to Miami and they don't have the best skill set of people. The man's going to throw it 10 yards or less every single play. And lo and behold, that's what he does. I'm not going to say he's going to do that his whole career because he showed flashes of very good moments. I just think on that shitty Miami team, he's just not going to do anything. However, yeah, I think bad. they are going to – these two first-round picks they have, I think they're going to go two offense. I think they're going to get Chase and Harris, and I think that's going to help them immensely. So maybe that will help them out. That will be great. But back to your question of Mac versus Tua. I'm with Josh, man. I think he just—he's just a better NFL quarterback. He's got a better arm. He's way better in the pocket. Like his feet. Granted, he's slow, but his footwork in the pocket is just so, so nice to watch. And yeah. I, I've already done a couple mock drafts already, just for my own personal being, because that's just what I do for my podcast. I think he's going to go 15 to New England. I think that's the best spot for him. I said. I that. think. I, said I that. think Belichick's going to have his next Tom Brady, and it's going to be Mac Jones. They're going to have Cam, uh, Cam play out this one year, and then it's the Mac Jones show from here on out. It's going to be the the Bledsoe to Brady. Now it's going to be the Newton to Mac Jones. Alabama beats Auburn again. Let's go. Oh, I guess I'm I'm going to be the eyeball. I'm a Tua guy. I like Tua. I've always I've always liked Tua. I like his moxie. I like his game. His, the way he plays um in, in college, how he's a bit how he is ready to play. Uh, his toughness. Um, I feel like he's a player's player. Um, so I've always loved Tua's toughness. I think like in Miami. In that situation, I just felt like it would be better for him to sit a year under Fitzpatrick. I thought what they were doing was unfair to him. Fitzpatrick was balling, and then you go into the rookie. I know, I get it. You, he's the future, so you want to give him playing time. But when somebody's rolling like that, now the players are going to look at you a certain way if you don't produce like Fitzy did. So I just felt like it was a tough situation for him. But I think that to me, certain the games that I watched for two, I saw progression. Um, in Miami, I thought I liked the way some, he t- at, at first he was staying on one read, but then you could see how he surveyed the field. He would get, get off one read quick, go to the next, go to the next, the second option, third option. So I saw improvement from uh, from Tua uh, going through the season. I think he's going to be a, di- a dynamite player. I really do. All right, uh, Kevin. 
Um, it's a little closer to me uh, than, than some people. It's not such a no-brainer, but I go Mac Jones, too. Now, granted, I was a Tua guy last year. Like, I was preaching the virtues of Tua coming into the draft. I would not have been upset if, you know, something had happened and we'd ended up with Tua, right? I was, I was a big Tua guy uh, all throughout his college career. But when we're talking the NFL here, I think coming in on day one, Mac Jones is more pro ready. The things that Mac Jones does well are the things that translate really well to the NFL. Um, I think that Mac Jones has, uh, you know, he gets a knack, I mean, a knock for not having the strongest arm or, or, you know, for being surrounded by all these talented players at Alabama. I don't see why that's really a knock on him because when you look at his film, it's not like he's throwing bad passes and the receivers are bailing him out. He is hitting them on dimes. Yeah. He is hitting, I mean, no matter what the pass, short, deep, whatever. Like there's never, he's got two of the fastest receivers in the country. There was never a throw I saw that they had to slow down to catch a catch, uh, catch a pass from him. Jalen Wild is catching it in stride. Devontae Smith is catching it in stride. He's smart. He reads. He moves his eyes really quickly. Um, honestly, there's another quarterback in the NFL that people say it was too small and didn't have all those measurables, but he did this stuff really well, and that's Drew Brees. So, you know, you can't really knock him for having the strongest arm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure no one's going to complain if they get a Drew Brees career out of this guy. So, yeah, give me an yeah, all-time leading passer any day. Yeah, no, yeah no. he was a smart guy. He was like a, you know, 4.8 something or graduated in three years. I mean, yeah, he got his master's in a few years or something like that. I mean, crazy, crazy smart guy. You see his football intelligence. Um, honestly, like I said, I wouldn't even be mad if we uh, landed Mac Jones at 19. I don't think he's our biggest need because I do like the idea of waiting till next year when the crop might be a little bit uh, better. But we're not going to get the top three guys. Probably not going to get the top four guys. Four um, so at that point, you know, I think that's why Fitz makes sense this year because we have to set the expectation that all the quarterbacks that we're going to want are going to be gone. And we have to be mentally prepared for that. So we have to have a guy on the roster that we feel comfortable with riding out throughout the year. If we happen to land a guy like Mac Jones at 19 um, and we can let him sit a year, that's best case scenario. Because guess what? We won the division last year and it, by all indications, looks like the team is going to be better this year than it was last year. Stronger receiving core, um, better quarterback, uh, better defense. Um, so we anticipate picking even later in the draft next year. So we can't really expect to just draft the next great quarterback next year either. So that's why I would say if Mac Jones happens to be available at 19, you know, he's not my number one position that I think we need to take. But if he's on the board, I strongly consider it. It's right. tempting. And uh, where's Skins? Let me get your thoughts. But I'm going to tie all this together. There's a reason why I asked this question. Which kids, who do you got between Mac Jones and Tua? I hate to be the, the guy that bash on Jones, but, I mean, I, I don't think either of those quarterbacks are good, honestly. To be honest with you, I am one of those guys who uh, – <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the big school guys – and to me it's more than big school. I think it's powerhouse teams. Um, if you look at USC back in the day and their quarterback history, if you look at Miami back in the day, when they had better talent on the field. If you look at all the Ohio State teams, if you look at majority of the LSU teams, of course, Joe Burrow's the exception, 
Um, and I think he's he's going to be a, a great NFL player. And if you come into Alabama and look at all of it, I think the skill set is there. I mean, to play college football, you do have to have a certain basic degree of college, basic quarterback skills. But I do think it's more of a mental thing that separates guys from college to the NFL. When you don't, when you're on the Bengals or uh, the Jets, or you're on a team and your players aren't the best, your your receivers aren't better than the corners, your linemen aren't better than the D line, the linebackers can cover your tight ends and running backs, and the safeties are moving faster than you thought, and everyone's looking at you like, "Hey, give me the ball, man! What are you doing?" It's a different battle. It's a different game, and if Anyone can overcome it, but you have to know that yourself, that entering into the NFL, this is going to be a different type of, of ball game for me. And I just have not seen quarterbacks make that leap mentally. The skill set for a quarterback, I mean, it's going to be there. There's a couple quarterbacks you could put behind that Alabama line, and they're, they're going to be great. And am I wrong? I, I could be, but it turns out every year it kind of happens. So... I don't know. To me, I would have to say I would give it to Tua because I really don't think either of these guys will translate well into the league. I know Mike Jones gets the Brady comparison because he's a uh, odd body and slow, but I don't think there's a. <laughs> I don't think Tom Brady is just a is a comparison. You know, no. no. I think Tom I mean, Brady, Drew Brees no. is spot on. Yeah, Brees, Brees is the ceiling. Different. I mean, yeah. even Brees, I and mean, that's a that's a big thing. To say he's Breeze, I mean Breeze. No, if he's you look at, no, I know he's, he's not Breeze. That's the same criticism just, that Breeze got. Is what right, right, man. Breeze is a dog at no, Purdue. No, no, he played at Purdue. Like Breeze yeah. played at Purdue. Like Breeze, Purdue. as a Michigan fan, like Breeze was money in Purdue. Like I think I, he was a second round pick, and, and and I know they tried to because of his height, he was a second round pick. But Breeze was a dog in the Big Ten. Like, and he didn't have talent around him. So to, my, to my man's point. He didn't have that much talent on the outside. He was going against Michigan, Ohio State, and he yeah. was putting up numbers. And so when you're a quarterback in college, and you don't have that talent around. You could look mm-hmm. at a couple different, all the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If you kind of Aaron Rodgers with the cow, um, mm. with uh, Brady, you know, he was at Michigan. Michigan was okay at the time. Um, Manny was at with Tennessee. You know, Ole Miss for Eli. I mean, Ben with the Ohio. Uh, Miami of Ohio, I think. Yeah, yeah. just so you know, at NC State. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and those quarterbacks in college, they, if you look at those guys' situation, they really had to do it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't rely on anyone else. They had to be the guy. And if you're looking for a quarterback to come be your guy, I want a guy who's been the guy. Bingo. So, you guys have pretty much made my point. The reason why I ask you guys this question is everybody wants a franchise quarterback. I want a franchise quarterback. How you gonna get one? You gotta draft one. Sometimes you gotta be so bad to be able to be within that top five, top seven window. Some teams have quarterbacks, some teams don't. But in order to get a franchise quarterback, you have to literally draft one. You can go ahead and look at all the franchise quarterbacks in the league right now. How many of those guys were drafted? Pretty much all of them, right? It might be one or two, like a Tannen Hill who has now transitioned to a low-tier franchise right. quarterback. Right. But, yeah. but, I mean, Tannen Hills, they, don't, they just don't show up at your door and say, hey, I'm your franchise quarterback. So, uh, I get it. We all want a franchise quarterback. You know what I'm saying? We all want a guy that we can at least have for at least five years. Even if they're not a franchise quarterback, like young, 
Then you have a guy like Stafford, who we did try to trade for. We was trying to trade 19 and a pick next year. They just didn't want that offer. So as much as fans want their franchise quarterback, it's a process. You know, when the time is right, you can trade up. But when you do that, you have to make sure that you know that you know that you know that that's your guy. You can't trade up for RG3 and, you know, we've seen what happened with the injuries, but it's hard. It's hard. I put up a question today. I'm like, everybody wants a franchise quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the Bears made an excellent offer. I heard that uh, you know, Mac was in the deal, three first-round picks. Uh, all for Russell Wilson at the age of what, 33, 34? Wait, Mac was in the deal? Mac was in the deal? Mac was in the deal? Are you sure? I'm going to say two that. unnamed starters. I don't blame yeah. him. I, saw I Mac, don't blame him. But, 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 you know, at the end of the day, they said two starters. Okay, but you Mac. would figure that it was somebody <laughs> nice. Either way it goes, for Seattle to not let Russell Wilson go, it just goes to show you how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback. And if there's really, let's say in the league right now, how many elite quarterbacks do you see? 10, 7? Not even. Not no, even. not even elite. Not even. Five, like five. Five. five, five, five if, that, if that. So what you're telling me is if there's five elite quarterbacks and there's 32 teams, right, that means there's some pretty good quarterbacks in the league and there's some okay quarterbacks and teams can get to certain points with certain quarterbacks. So it just goes to show you, you know, it's, it's just hard to get that franchise quarterback. I think next year is the year that we go all in, you know, and well, – Ahead, with, with, with Seattle, if you trade with Chicago, you're still not getting one of those top four guys. You're still without your quarterback. Then you have to trade all those picks that you just got for us to trade up in the draft. Right. But with us, if you think about next year's draft, you have what? Ritter, uh, Howell, Howell Spencer, Rattler. Rattler. Yeah, Ooh, I love Rattler. But the thing is, we're not bad enough to get those guys, though. That's yes, the problem. But you're not going to see four quarterbacks taken in the first seven picks yeah. next year. I can promise that's you that. Sam Howell is not going to be a number two over. Yeah, Desmond, Desmond Ritter would be the lottery pick, and yeah. he's he's the dude who I wanted this year, but then he stayed yeah. for the senior year. Same. Maybe Rattler if he pops off, like because he was five star recruit. I mean, yeah. everyone knew about this kid, possibly. Yeah. But you can see a guy like Howell at like 10, 11, 12, where you're he's trading up it's between nice. ten, fifteen. Slovis, I think, exactly. will be a reach, and somebody yeah. will go. We'll pick him in the top ten. Yeah, I'm not a Slovis fan, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is you'll see it. You'll see it more spread out. You're not going to mm-hmm. see. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Lance. Like, yeah. you know, that's not going to happen next season. So I can see why we go with Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. for a year. And even if we win the division and still pick at 19-20 next year, there's still a possibility you're getting a first-round quarterback that's just not worth a top-five pick. Exactly. Is there any chance that Taylor Heineke showed the coaches enough this year for them awesome. to have confidence to move forward with him as the guy? I so hope so. <laughs> I mean, I love, to, you're gonna at least Taylor, you're gonna at least find out. You're not gonna just yeah. let, yeah. let that exactly. stone not be unturned. You're gonna at least get, find out. He'll get number two reps. Yeah. So coaches will look at him a lot more. I mean, at the fourth string, you didn't really get that much time and eyes on you. He'll get number two reps. If anything does happen to Fitz, he'll be the next guy to come in. So there's a good exactly. chance we'll still see some Taylor Heineke this year. Yeah. And I guess I just wonder if there's a chance that he shows enough even on the field or at practice where they have enough confidence moving forward with him as the young guy. Hey, with him is durability. Every game he started in, I think he's been hurt. Three um, games, he's been hurt more than he's played. Yeah, exactly. Three games, he's played well and gotten hurt in all three. Yep. Yeah. And I, I mean, think he was a dog in college, man. You're talking about a situation where a guy is the guy 
Yeah, he played well, like he was D guy. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. You like, didn't he, see a guy who was used to five star guys. Uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. You agree. from Virginia. You beat Virginia Tech, and you're putting up big numbers from a small school over to you. People, people were talking yeah. about Taylor Heineke big time yeah. in college. He yeah. was the man there, dude. So I want to revisit this right here. My guy Nate. He put up this post. He's pretty much saying how many day two, day three quarterbacks turn into franchise quarterbacks the last two days. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. You got Dak. You got I Russell. can name two off the top of my head. Kirk. Dak and Russell Wilson. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Kirk is borderline. He's borderline. But he's still, I mean. You mean recently? Still, he's still a top 15 he's, quarterback. Either way He said last two decades, Kirk Cousins got drafted in the fourth round. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying, like, you know, Dak, Russell, Kirk. And that's, like, not even – that's not, like – it's not so long ago. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's saying, oh, get you a Kyle Trask or get you this guy and this guy to groom. What we <laughs> no, Kyle Trask. no, no, no. <laughs> like, so like Josh has said right now, we're not going to let any of the quarterbacks that we have go or whatever. I mean, I can see a possibility getting one of these guys super, super late and practice squatting them. But, you know, I don't know what, what yeah. the rules are this if year. We ever, if we ever make a reach for guys, a quarterback – if we're ever reaching for a dude in day two, day three, if it's not Kellen Mond, then don't draft one. Yeah. All the yeah. other late, yeah. All the other late one who's been following me know I'm a huge Kellen Mond fan. Kellen Mond, yeah. dude, we I know. love Kellen Mond. The only <laughs> other, literally, the only other day two quarterback in this draft that I would pull a reach on is Davis Mills from Stanford. That dude's a dog. Everyone yeah. else in day two, day three, no, don't even touch. All right, so guys, we're gonna transition to defense. I know we spent a lot of time on the offense, um, so. We signed William Jackson the third, man. This guy is a dog. Like when we signed him, you know, most people would go and like, you know, they'll talk before they do their own research. So I I've I've never watched him play. So I went to the stats, first of all, right? And I saw three career interceptions. First thing that came to my mind was he might be a lockdown corner, right? Then I went to the highlights and I'm like, oh man, this guy can cover. Then I go ahead and look at the measurables and what he can do. And I'm like, this guy can cover. Like, this guy might be better than uh, than uh, Kendall Fuller. But I want to get you guys' opinion. From what I see in his background and his first, you know, first-round pedigree and things like that, personally, I think he's better than uh, a Fuller. Fuller's a, Fuller's a nice plate maker that's versatile, that can move anywhere. But this guy right here is – he loves to play man. He's physical. Um, he has speed. He has size. And he's the kind of corner that we've been looking for. Everybody cried that we lost Ronald Darby. Oh, we lost Ron. Last year, nobody wanted Ronald. <laughs> when we signed Darby, everybody was saying, is it the same burnt toast Ronald Darby from the Eagles? So I'm going to start with uh, Wizkins. Tell me your thoughts on William Jackson III and what you was feeling when we signed him. Um, kind of similar to you. I knew of him but didn't know of him. So I had to kind of, you know, do my research too a little bit and really look into this guy and kind of like you, you know, once I seen the measurables and seen the stats and really did my homework, watching film on him, I watched him, you know, play Terry. I watched our game again mm-hmm. and his one-on-ones against Terry and just all the routes and he did a really good job. And I've seen Terry mm-hmm. route some guys up. So mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed. And if you can cover Terry, that, that says a lot to me. And Terry did beat him one time. But, um, 
yeah, I just can't imagine. And also, once I've seen that he played with such a terrible uh, pass defense, mm-hmm. I think the Bengals ranked last in sacks and last in pressure. Dead last, yep. Yeah, uh, that's going to be completely different for him here, I can tell you that. Exactly. And with that amount of time, you know, the quarterbacks won't have long. You know, they're going to have to get rid of that ball. And I can only see his his talent and game elevating. And I think he's entering his prime. Awesome, awesome. Let me, let me go to Wale. No, I, I agree with both. I'm with both of you all. I didn't really know of him. I had to do my research. I saw the speed. I was like, okay, we're working with some. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely like he's a guy that, you know, could be an improvement from Darby. To me, Darby was the best cornerback on, on the team last year. I agree. Um, I agree. But I think he'll be, he could be an improvement from Darby. And to, to my man, uh, Wiz Kids, uh, Wiz Kins, uh, Skin's point, I do believe that because of this defensive line, it's going to make his life a lot easier. Like, so he, I mean, he won't have to be in coverage. I mean, he's, he's gonna, the clock is already going to be ticking to a point where he knows that this pass rush is going to get pressure. He can jump routes. There's so much right. things he can do uh, with that speed to be a playmaker. So I think it's a winning situation for the Washington football team. Ryan? Yeah, man. So you guys know already, I'm big into college. I love everything about the analysis base when it comes to the draft. William Jackson, University of Houston. I loved him. Dude, he was exactly what I wanted coming out of the draft. He was that stellar dude. He's, I think he's 6'1", 6'2". He's just a straight man corner guy. Like, and watching him last year, that's what he gives you. Like, you can look at, you know, box score warriors that just look at stats from the box score. <laughs> he has three career interceptions. You don't watch games. Like, the dude right. straps up mm-hmm. the number one receiver on every mm-hmm. team. Um, Kenny Galladay, that news will probably break tomorrow when he signs with the Giants for a year. He's going to probably <laughs> sign a one-year deal. He, they played the Lions last year. He held Kenny Galladay to three catches for 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, and Kenny Galladay's 6'5". Like, he's way bigger. Like, William Jackson likes to cover the stud. Mm-hmm. And another thing that we forget to realize, too, guys, was we had Kendall Fuller before, and Kendall Fuller was never the cornerback one for Washington. Mm-hmm. He, was a nickel cor- he, was our, he was a nickel corner for us. He played in the slot, and the best season he had for us, he had five interceptions before mm-hmm. he left as the slot corner. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's better as the cornerback, too, or as that slot guy. But mm-hmm. I think he's going to be on the outside this year now that we don't have Darby, and I'm pretty sure we don't have Moreau at the moment. Yeah, so no. it'll probably be him on the outside, Jimmy Moreland in the slot, which I'm totally fine with. But mm-hmm. I think that also takes a lot of pressure off Fuller from instead of being that what we call, quote-unquote, uh, cornerback one. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson's going to take over that spot, and I totally think he should. Mm-hmm. All right, let me hear from uh, Josh and then Kevin. I mean, to me, he's definitely cornerback one, and the fact that we paid quarterback two money for him is it, like that made me ecstatic. He only he only hit the cap by six mil this year, which allowed us to sign a guy like Curtis Samuel and make some other picks. But like when, when I want a corner, I want a physical press corner who is just going to dog you at the line, take you off of your game. And that's exactly what he does. Throws wide receivers off. Exactly. He, he's going to hit you with them hands. You know, wide receivers <laughs> try to do little spin moves and chops, and he's like, no, 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 no. That, that little kid stuff isn't going to play with him. It's to me, it, the the one stat that really stood out, uh, I saw next gen stats said William Jackson has allowed the lowest completion percentage of forty nine point four percent and second lowest average target of separation, which is two point two yards. And if you watch like film, two yards on a wide receiver like T Y Hilton, or you're talking about like Galladay and stuff like that, that to me those numbers stands out. That's better than Rashad Breland, Stephon Gilmore, Denzel Ward, and Xavier Howard. He's not going to have the interceptions. That's what Fuller's going to do because he plays right. off of you. He jumps routes more. Exactly. But I want a press corner who's going to dog you at the line, clamp you down, and just right. suck the will out of you. You can't right. do nothing against that. He's not going to get the picks because 
you're not even going to get a chance to even catch the ball. Mm. Like, that's what Fuller's going to do. He's going to get the interceptions because he plays off the wide receivers. He's not going to clamp you down like Jackson, but I'm all for it. Like, and then you talk about our pass rush. Woo. I mean, yeah. come on now. Like, like you yeah. said, he, the quarterback's got two seconds to get rid of the ball. You're not even yeah. you're not even off the line in two seconds when you have Jackson jamming you on your right. prior, uh mm-hmm. release. It'll, like that, it, that's not fair. get the picks this year. Oh yeah, he's going to get hundred percent. Yeah. I agree. Right. Good pick this year. All right, he's going to Dan- Daniel Jones off six times. Yes, sir. Hopefully, we can finally beat him. Hopefully, we can finally beat him. Uh, yeah. I was actually uh, aware of, of William Jackson. I knew him well. In fact, after day one of free agency, I sent a, uh, a text to my my sports group, and um, I may have forwarded it to you, Manny. I'm not sure, uh, but I definitely sent it to the guys. I said, "All right." So we didn't get any of those first guys in the first wave of free agency. I think our smartest way of going would be getting uh, either uh, Curtis Samuel or Will Fuller, then signing William Jackson. I, this I set this out after uh, we lost uh, Darby. I said sign William Jackson and Gerald Everett, and then I'd like it if we added someone like Eric Wilson from the Vikings a little bit later. So if we end up landing those guys, just know that I said it before it happened, okay? <laughs> so far, we got two down, right? So far, two down. But um, just in short, I mean, you guys hit the nail right on the head. He's physical, which is something that you need because, uh, yeah, again, Fuller is most comfortable in the slot. He did an admirable job on the outside. Moreland likes to play off and, and jump the pass, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's such a ball hawk. He likes to jump the pass. You need at least one guy out there that's really physical, um, and that that's him. He locks his man down. When you look at a bunch of the PFF uh, metrics, you know, he's a high-end wide receiver one pretty much across the board. He plays more man than zone, um, and Washington as a team didn't play that much uh, man last year, but I think it's because of the personnel. They didn't have the personnel to do that. Now, when you have these, uh, these you know, dogs running, uh, I mean, rushing the passer, and you've also got guys who can shut their man down, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a higher likelihood to play a little bit more man than year. So, love it. Love well, it love you it. can change the scheme up, and you can disguise man as zone, and vice Absolutely. versa zone looks like man. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have Cam Curl going back in the secondary. Like, it's just... Yeah. It, it opens I up think the defense you can have so much. Play, uh, slot, and you can also have, um, you know, we also can have Fuller flexing the corner. Into slot. Yeah, Kendall Kendall play a lot of free safety too. So, yeah, yep. a lot of versatility again. Yeah, defense is going to be amazing. Like I can't wait, man. I I don't know what more I'm so excited about the offense that we never had or the defense <laughs> that just got better. So I, I mean, can't wait to see Zayden Collins in the middle, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a linebacker. We see a linebacker before we talk we, until we talk about getting better. We need that linebacker. Yeah, we need the linebacker need the, situation yeah, taken care of. Need the middle ASAP. linebacker, man. ASAP. Hunter Barry needs his needs his keekly. Yeah. Free safety. I mean, we get that linebacker and that free safety. We we are a top top two, top three defense in the league, and that's what we can hope for. Because if the defense can, you know, control the game. Hopefully we got some kind of running game going because you need a running game with a defense. You just can't, you know, shut people down and just throw the ball, throw the ball, you know, three and out or whatever, and then the other team gets the ball back again. So it's going to be a perfect are game you, of offense. And are defense. you guys just like – are you guys just all out on Bryce Love like I am? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. he shows me anything. Yeah. I think yeah, one thing yeah. that will help our running game this year is Fitzpatrick and Samuels the added speed and weapons and explosiveness that we mm-hmm. threaten people with now. I don't think, you know, you can't stack the box against them. Yeah. You're not going to dink and dunk. Yeah. And you can be stupid if you want to. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to take the top off. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's going to kill you on the outside. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love those formations we ran last season when you had Gibson and McKissick both in the backfield at the same it. time. I loved that. I loved it. If Alex Smith was in the game, you knew it was going to McKissick. I remember there was this one game he was targeting many times in the first half. I was like, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I that over every game. week. Yeah, <laughs> every time. I honestly yeah, haven't yeah. thought about the McKissick and uh, Fitzpatrick magic enough. That's going to be a deadly little combination too. Yeah. Did y'all remember that's how Steve thing. had that touchdown against the Patriots? The the running yeah. touchdown. Yeah. That's what you're. Yeah. That's what you're getting out of Curtis Samuel time ten. Like yeah, yeah, and, and a way better wide receiver. Yeah, real talk. So guys, we're gonna go around the frames one more time. I want to know your uh, offensive, uh, your offense MVP and your and your defense MVP this year, and also let the people know where they can find you. I'm gonna start with Josh. Oh man, offensive MVP. I mean, honestly, like it, it might be too soon, but honestly, Curtis Samuel, just because of how much you're really going to get in the run game and the passing game, like mm-hmm. he can do both. I think who benefits the most from it is Terry McLaurin, um, especially if we do get another wide receiver on the outside. But if you're talking mm-hmm. like MVP like numbers, it, it's got to mm-hmm. be Curtis Samuel because, like I said, he had like 40 rushes last year mm-hmm. in Carolina alone. So I mean, it, like basketball, it's like you know. Westbrook, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the triple doubles. You're gonna get spread across. Um, so I would go Samuel um, on defense. Ah, man, that's tough. I mean, Chase Young, he's gonna he's gonna step up second season and uh, have that sophomore lift. Um, but the whole defense is gonna eat. I don't I don't think there's gonna be one guy that stands out. I think just the whole unit as a whole um, is gonna just uh, wreak havoc. And y'all can find me on Twitter. As you see my name there, at Josh Taylor, WFT. Um, same with Instagram, Josh Taylor. I don't really post much on Instagram, but mostly Twitter. <laughs> Let them know about your two podcasts. I mean, your podcast oh, and yeah. your network, man. You're doing some great things. So the Burgundy Network podcast with uh, me and uh, Brian Murphy. Um, yeah, kicking off the Capital Network. That's a, a lot of work in progress. Um, but slowly but surely, by the time the season starts, that's going to be up and running. Um, got a lot of awesome things cooking. And uh, like I said, follow us <laughs> at Berg Network Pod. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan. Yeah, man. So to add to you, Josh, man, he's got a great network. These, his, both his podcasts are absolutely great. So anybody out there listening or watching or whatever wants to, if you haven't tuned in already, it's absolutely great. You took the easy answer. You took the easy answers, man. So I feel like I got to go a little outside the box. Um, (laughs) I do. I play it safe. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like offensive MVP, it's, I think the easy answer is Terry McLaurin just because of Ryan Fitzpatrick being there. He's going to feed him the rock so many times a game. We haven't given him any love yet. I'm just going to go out here and say it. Like, the MVP is going to be Logan Thomas, bro. I'll say it. I don't care. I love Logan Thomas, and Scott Turner's made it very clear since he got hired. He loves getting tight ends involved in the offense. Ryan Fitzpatrick's number one best friend is a tight end. If you don't believe that, watch him last year with Mike Kosicki. That's what he does. He throws the tight ends. I think if Logan Thomas can do what he did with Alex Smith and what he did with Dwayne Haskins, I think he can double what he did with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so I'm just going to go out. Antonio Gibson also, you got to throw his name out there too. Defensive side of the ball, love me some chase. Love me Montez Sweat. They're obviously going to eat on the interior, on the outside of that defensive line there. I love Cameron Curl. He's one of our po- He's one of my podcast favorites. Like everybody on my show loves Cameron Curl. You got to give love to the interiors though, man. Jonathan Allen's my MVP. I think he's going to be the, you know, they they gave him that fifth option. This is going to be his last year before the free agency. I think they're about to throw him a shit ton of money after seeing what Leonard Williams just got a couple days ago. So I got to go defense. Defensive MVP has got to be my guy, Jonathan Allen. 
Um, to fi- find me, you can see me on Twitter. It's Trotter331. Um, I also have my own sports podcast with two other co-hosts. We are the Weekly Audible. Um, if you haven't heard of us, we are very, very small podcast. We started over quarantine, and ever since quarantine, we've risen to be a very, very big podcast now. We actually had Jonathan Allen on in quarantine. Um, you can actually expect to hear Jonathan Allen on our podcast again in a couple weeks. Um, so if you want to tune in, it's at the Weekly Audible. Awesome, awesome. I told Josh to give me your MVP. He says, you get one, you get one, you get one. Everybody gets an MVP. <laughs> Oprah. Okay, so my MVP will be on offense will be Scary Terry. I just think that obviously getting Fitzpatrick there, he's gonna have he's gonna have a phenomenal season, in my opinion. Defense MVP, I I I, I love this dude since they since they drafted him. Uh, Montez Sweat. I think Montez Sweat will be will just keep teams get better. He's a four three defense end. He's doing his thing. I mean, he, I don't think he gets enough time, enough credit to be honest with you. I, I, to me, he's just a, he's a lights out player. Um, in terms of my handle, you can catch me on Twitter at uh, Wole underscore USS, and also you can catch another Twitter handle for me is at Urban Sports Team, which is our Urban Sports Team podcast. We cover all of the DMV sports teams. The Washington football team, the Washington Wizards, Washington Nationals, sometimes the Capitals. When I get a guest or two to talk Capitals, because I can't really carry that conversation. So I, I got I'll you, man. Hit me, hit me, hit me up. I got you. Okay, it's cool. Cause I used to play. I used to play NHL on ES. I'm um, on um, <laughs> EA Sports. I used to be really good at it, so I knew all the names. I had no ally, Frady, and all these other dudes, and then I kind of lost touch. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. Uh, all right. Well, the curse of going after such uh, smart people is you guys took all the good answers and all the, the good <laughs> obvious ones here. Um, so offense, again, I'd have to say Terry as well. Um, obviously, the Fitzpatrick effect. But we talked earlier about how he's elevated the, the uh, wide receiver ones. Wherever he's gone, he's made sure those wide receiver ones are happy. You saw what he did last year with Devontae Parker. Um, last year, uh, I'm sorry, the year before, you know, both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they both ate, you know, I mean, they were both top five receivers in the NFL with him. So, um, you know, I feel like especially having a little bit of help now with Samuels, uh, I mean, with Samuel and uh, possibly another receiver, uh, it really gives Terry an opportunity to, to get more one-on-one coverage. So and that's going to be a great opportunity for him. Defensively, uh, like you guys said, Chase is a monster. He proved that he's worth the pick. Um, and with that being said, he might get more attention. So it opens up more opportunities for Montez Sweat to flash what he really is. I think either one of those on any given week could be the most dominant person. And I think those are the obvious answers. So I'm going to throw a curveball. And I'm going to say my dream scenario, and it's all hypothetical, pick number 19 uh, we get a linebacker. Let's get uh, Jeremiah Wusukoramora, and he becomes the MVP because there's so much attention paid to defensive line. He shoots those gaps yeah. and just eats. That's my dream. I'm a, I'm a Zayvon Collins stand, but I appreciate yes. the, the linebacker love. Yeah, you said linebacker, so having me confused because he's he's not much of a linebacker. <laughs> he's a Landon Collins, but anyway, yeah, he's a sub package box safety. He's just way, yeah, he's, way too good to cover. Is what he is. He yeah, is he is. Yeah, he is. Teams ain't right. Let me hear from Weird Skins. All right, man. Um, offensively, you know, I'm going to really have to go with Antonio Gibson. Um, I, I really do think 
the explosiveness from our team is really going to benefit him because we're going to be in the red zone a lot more. He was already a high touchdown volume guy with the offense we had last year and missing a couple games. So I just think a full season of him and a more explosive offense, I think he can break the touchdown record next year. So I'm going to be bold and uh, or slightly bold and predict that. On the flip side, I also think the mo- our explosive offense will help our defense. I think if we can put up enough points where teams have to throw the ball more and we can put some leads up on guys, I will say Chase Young will have a defensive player of the year type season and with the added more opportunities to get sacks, they'll rack up. And he's already a fan favorite. I think the media is going to get behind it if, if we really start getting some games going. Uh, I could see him being defensive player of the year. You can follow me at Wizkins on Twitter or IG. I, I like to talk sports, all Washington sports, and big MMA guy too. Uh, I do have a real page. I'll make sure I follow you guys also. <laughs> this is my guy this is my guy so guys i think the offensive mvp i could have you know i was going to say antonio gibson but since whiskins took him i gotta say the quarterback and whether it's uh fits magic whether he keeps the job the whole year or whether whoever that comes i'm gonna say the quarterback but i'm gonna say uh uh, fits magic I think he's going to give the offense what it needs, that juice. His numbers might not be amazing. I mean, I, I see him anywhere between 3,000 yards to about 3,400, somewhere between there, uh, 20 to 25 touchdowns. Uh, he's going to throw the picks. So I'm going to give him about 12 to 13 picks. He, he will throw picks. He will throw picks. But I think he's going to give that offense what it needs to be fluid, you know, whether uh, – because last year, man, you just kind of knew – the plays you I mean it was McKissick and Logan Thomas I mean that was it that was the offense and Terry's triple team but this year you're going to see a lot of movement and a lot of points from that offense so I gave it to uh Fitzmagic and then on defense I'm gonna give it to a guy that nobody really talks about is Deron Payne I gotta give it to Deron Payne I love his upside we saw what he did in the playoffs I like him more than I like Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen is a leader. Jonathan Allen is a dog. They both are beasts, but I just like where Deron Payne is going. You, you can look at him and see every single year he's getting better and better, and he's getting more confident. He's more of like a, a, a chilled guy, but you see him becoming a leader. And he is going to become that vocal leader that the defense needs. I think that um, he's going to be our best interior uh, pass rusher this year, our best interior play, even though we got Big Matt coming. So those are my mm-hmm. you Matt. Mm, that boy Matt. About I'm about Matt. to say, I'm about to forget about that boy Matt. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I will be better. I know, I know I, Matt's the best one for real. Okay. Hey. And that's the thing to think about. Our D-line will be better next year. It will be better. I mean, mm-hmm. our D-line. Definitely, in, definitely interior-wise. When you look at the outside, though, outside of Sweat and Chase Young, you got James Smith-Williams, and then it just goes, you got nobody. <laughs> Tron Jackson, Coastal Carolina. Keep keep an eye on Tron Jackson. Like, that's my guy. Okay, 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 okay. And one thing, real quick, that y'all said with Gibson, you have to, I mean, you have to really think he only played one year as an actual running back, so this is yep. his first full year with the position. Then he's learning from Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really the only reason we're keeping Lamar Miller for being honest, is to exactly. mold Gibson into an actual true running back who can still catch the ball. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that he, he might be a dark dark horse pick, but you got to imagine like Gibson one more full year as an actual running back. And he's that's what about he did. That's what he did already. Like, come it's on, gonna now. be crazy. He's talking about dropping weight too to to get that speed back. 
Yeah. Yep. And it looked like AP. Yep. <laughs> I would love to see him catch some passes. I know he can catch the ball. But last year, because of quarterback play, we weren't able to get the ball to Gibson. You're going to see a lot of passes going to Gibson this year. You're going to see Gibson run routes this year. You're going to see Gibson in the slot. You're going to see Gibson all over the place. You're going to see Gibson playing wide receiver and see Curtis Samuels in the backfield. And you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? You're going to see offense doing this. So <laughs> it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I think we have a good season this year. I think that we're going to be neck and neck with the Dallas Cowboys, Cowgirls. Um, I can't wait to play them. I can't wait to play them. The defense has improved. Everybody's saying that, this, that, that. But that got all this money, and now they can't pay nobody. So it's going to be an exciting <laughs> season. The Eagles are going to be trash. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just can't wait for the season, man. I'm just jacked up, man. Oh, man. Guys, that Dallas defense is trash. It's, it's trash. trash. Everything in the East is trash. 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 East, <laughs> East is trash. Fitzpatrick may be the second best quarterback in the East. That tells you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. Easily. Tells you a lot. You got hurts. Bless your heart, Josh. But Hurts, you got Hurts, man. Hey. He's a very nice running back. He's a very nice running back right now. He's evolving as a pastor. But he's learning. Like he's learning. Then you have Daniel Jones, J- Daniel Apple Pie, Turnover Jones. You know what I'm saying? Who can't complete the pass in his life? You know, so it's going to be interesting. You know, I say I was just saying, I think Hurts is pretty good, but I think the infrastructure of our team is much stronger. Yeah. Much stronger. Eagles have no uh, idea how to build a team. They don't know what they're the doing. They have no weapons, yeah. and they have not Absolutely. to mention they're $30 million over the cap. Like, they can't even sign yeah. anybody. And, then and, they're, coach, and all their caps in Indianapolis right now. Correct. Yeah, their, their coach was talking like someone who just got yanked up off a, a high school team or something. I know after that press conference, some of my buddies who are Eagles fans were like, oh, no, whatever. Yeah, I felt stupider yeah. ever. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just think from a coaching and the way. Um, did we lose them? No, we lost them. Okay. Yeah, we lost them. It's all good. Uh, but, yeah, man, once again, guys. This is the Back Row Redskins Show. Man, I had a blast with my boys, with my brothers from another mother. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Be sure to follow me at Manny Chakuba on Twitter. Be sure to follow the podcast page, Back Row Redskins. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got some awesome guests coming. We got some content dropping. We got some merchandise. Support your boy. We out. Peace. Yeah, man.